Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to this week's P.O.D. Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Adam. And we are here to talk about movies from different perspectives and try to uh, determine whether or not they're good or bad, I guess. And uh, this week we're going to talk about Toy Story, 1995's Toy Story. The movie that started the Pixar, I don't know, what what would you call that? I would say it's the revolution of animated movies, basically. Um, At that time, animated movies were still mostly hand-drawn. Correct. But uh, now they are definitely not. Yeah, this was the first fully computer, you know, digitized. They say this is a 2D going to a um, 3D application. Sure. At least. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, dude, 21 years ago. Yeah, isn't that amazing? It's 21 years ago. For anybody who's listening, if anybody is listening, I was having a mild uh, midlife crisis computing <laughs> that this was 21 years ago yeah 21 that means when this movie came out today people can legally purchase alcohol that's correct <laughs> this movie can go buy a beer mm, that is insane you want some more midlife crisis our oldest children are almost the same age as we were when it came out oh man oh. they're getting there yeah, it's, yeah. You know, I, I I usually do fine getting older, but man, this is <laughs> Toy Story. But it feels pretty fresh. When I just watched it again, I'm like, the technology holds up. Yeah, I think the animation works out pretty well. They Anyways. Did, they did a real good job, but let's we'll, not talk we'll about get, that yet. Yeah, we'll get into that. Sorry, sorry. Uh, first things first, let's talk about what we watched this week, Adam. All right, so last night I got to enjoy uh, a little movie called Now You See Me. Part du. Uh-huh, part du. Part du. And so uh, we watched that. It was pretty good. Um, very predictable. You know what I mean? <laughs> super, super predictable. Not but as good it, as the first one. No, I would say I would say fell significantly short of the first one. But you know what? It's unique. It's fun. And... Um, while I realize a lot of the tricks they do, you know, could never be pulled off without stop camera, you know, uh, cinematography, you know, but, uh, um, it's still pretty neat, you know, how they do, how they pull, how they pull off cool little tricks, whatnot. So I like that. That was kind of neat. Um, so it was fun. It was fun. Let's see what else. Of course, watch toy story. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, um, Last week, we watched. Did I? Did we talk about Snow White and the Huntsman? Yeah, last we week? talked about Huntsman Winter's War. I can't remember if we watched it Friday night or Saturday night. I thought we watched it Saturday. Which yeah. anyway, guess we watched it Friday. So, <laughs> and then um, got started. 
You know what show I absolutely love? It's on History Channel. Hmm. Forged in Fire. Have you watched it? I have not. Oh, dude, it's such a good. Oh, it's such a good show. I mean, think of Chopped, but for blacksmithing. Oh, that's cool. It's really cool, especially for me. I like metal urgy. I like metal work. You know, um, it's really neat. So, uh, I use those terms very lightly: metal urgy and metal work. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, watch some of that, and then uh, my wife is into Ink Masters. Okay. Uh, she loves tattooing. Surprise. That's yeah. kind of weird. It's really weird, especially if you okay, know my let's, wife. Let's let's yeah, let's just take a step back. It's not weird that that's what you're like. That's uh, something someone likes. It's just not. It, I wouldn't have pictured that up your wife's alley. It's unexpected for my wife, and she has a tattoo, right? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah Rachel got a tattoo. Oh, did she? Yeah. So when she decided to get it, I was just like, "Yeah, if you want, to. I mean." We always talk about, it's not that she needs my permission, but she just wants to make sure, you know, it doesn't, sure. you know, it's just a marriage couple thing that we do. And uh, I'm like, yeah, sure, if you want one, you can figure out what you want. I never thought in a million years she'd find something she wanted on her body till the day she died. And well, well, she can't she be found... buried in a Jewish cemetery now. <laughs> Darn. So, um, <laughs> so anyways, she, uh, she got one and now she's like, oh, I want another one. I want another one. She's like. It's funny because they always say tattoos are addictive. But anyway, um, so I watched uh, Ink Ma- some Ink-, Ink Master. We watched two episodes of that, and that's about it this week. What'd you watch, Joe? Oh, this week I watched a couple movies, and uh, the season finale of the HBO show The Night of was on Sunday night. Okay, and that finished that off. It's a it was a limited series. It was only going to be the one season, okay. and it uh, it was very good. Um. There was some uh, a section of the storyline that's a little hard to believe, but other than that, um, the show was excellent, beyond excellent. Uh, people are going to win some Emmys for this, I guarantee it. Wow! And uh, it was a, it was a pretty heavy indictment of our criminal justice justice system and about some of the things that are wrong with it. Um, you take someone who may not be a criminal and put them into prison for months and months, and when they come out, they're definitely going to be a criminal if they've survived. And, right. You know, that's one of those issues right. that exist. And another thing that they brought up was it didn't matter who was innocent, it's whether or not the prosecutor could win. And the guy who actually committed the crime had more evidence stacked up against him, or had less evidence binding him to the crime than the person they were accusing. So they're just like, whatever. We're going to go after the win, not the person who's actually guilty. And yeah. stuff like that is, uh, it's it's pretty damning of, of the system itself. And Yeah, it's kind of disheartening. <laughs> yeah. But, it, I mean, it is superbly acted. John Turturro's in it, and if he doesn't win an Emmy, I'm going to be pretty shocked. Um, he's really, really good in it. Okay. So, other than that, I watched uh, two movies. I watched The Neighbor which is like a little thriller slash type of horror movie. And the uh, antagonist in the movie, there, this is the whole reason I watched it, is what, Bill what, Ingvall. What is the name of this? The Neighbor. Okay. You know who Bill Ingvall is, right? Yeah. From like Blue Collar Comedy Tour? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, here's he's, your sign. He's the bad guy. That's hilarious. And he's real good. He's real good. And I was like, I got to see him be bad and yeah he's bad all right holy crap 
tell you what, it's kind of like seeing, uh, it's kind of nice to get a, you know, you get somebody who obviously fits one type of persona, mm-hmm. you know, billing involves comedy. You think of Jim Carrey, you sure. know, Remember when Jim Carrey came out with 23. Oh yeah. The number 23. Right. You know, and to see people like that move away from their original or I guess their stereotype genre. Because some people can never get out of those movies, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, Ben Stiller, good luck, you know. Um, Michael Myers or Mike Myers, um, right? You know, right. will never get out of those roles. But to see somebody and see they got range, it's pretty cool. So it was good. The neighbor was good. Uh, it was okay for what it was. It looked like a very uh, low budget movie. Um, it was a pretty simple locations and stuff. There wasn't anything fancy going on, and you know, I liked it. It was gripping. It got over quick. Perfect. Oh, okay. Good. All right. Maybe I'll give that a uh, give that a check. We'll see. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would watch that one over the other one I watched. I watched. Is the... it like is it like suburbia kind of? No, oh. they're out in Redneckville. Oh, so it's like uh, like Deliverance meets suburbia. Uh, I don't know about that. You don't have to a... just watch it. It's all uh... right. all right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, all right, The Neighbor, what else? I watched The Shallows, which is the shark movie. Okay. With uh, Mrs. Ryan Reynolds. Okay, was it good? Uh, Till about the last ten minutes, yeah, it was pretty good. Really? Yeah, it has a real dumb ending. Oh, I mean, real dumb. All right, well, um, cool. I mean, on so, a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the dumbest, 1 being okay, it's a 40. So now, is it is it like one of those... No, I'm, I have to ask because I haven't seen it. Is it one of those kind of like that open water movie where it's just the two of them, the whole film? Pretty much. It, and it's, is it just, it's, it's pretty much Blake Lively and a seagull. Oh, okay. She talks to a seagull. Um, there are some other characters that come along that get eaten by the shark. Because the shark's just murder, man. You know, it it, it just kills just everything. Waits, just waits in the shallows. Yeah, and it's uh, that's pretty unrealistic. Um, as right. far as like until the last ten minutes of the movie, I give them some serious props because studios nowadays would just say, "Let's reboot Jaws." But since Steven Spielberg has come out to say, "Over my dead body," no one's ever rebooting Jaws as long as I'm alive. They just made a shark movie, which is fine. You know, that's right. You don't have to remake Jaws. Just make a shark movie or just do Piranha. Sure. Piranha three double D, whatever you want to do. (laughs) Double D. That's the name of the movie, buddy. Uh... (laughs) I can't help that it's stupid. So, um, yeah, I mean, they just, they just made a shark movie and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. And it, it, you know, till the really dumb ending, it wasn't that bad. Um, Blake Lively, I, I think, is actually a, a decent actress, and she does yeah. a pretty good job playing scared and hurt. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it's hilarious. The there's like hardly no cast to this film. Yeah, I mean, there she has One, a, two, three, a dad, four, five, six, seven, eight, a friend, nine, ten, a sister, a couple of guys who go surfing with her, yeah. a kid. There's 11 people that are um, slated for the cast of this movie on IMDb. I'm my head, but yeah, I think that's about right. Wow. 
Uh, yeah, it, you know, if you right. like watching, uh, you know, 90% of a movie and enjoying it, go ahead, give it a watch. If you like, do you like 90% of movies? Do you wish that they cut out the last 10%? Right. Check out The Shallows. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. I mean, if you got nothing else to do, go for it. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I got a boatloads to do. Yeah, well, you might want to skip it then. <laughs> All right. So that's it. Um, on to Toy Story. On to the story of toys. The story of toys. Yeah, uh, you know, it's a good movie. Let's get into oh. it. Let's get into the minute details of Toy Story, shall we? The minute details of Toy Story produced by John Lasseter. Of course. Yes, of course. So great fame of any really good animated movie. Shoot, yeah, he behind. really changed the game, didn't he? He is behind so much. I mean, just a short list, Big Hero 6. Um, uh, Big Hero 6 was awesome. I loved it. I mean, behind Frozen. Shoot, Frozen was a phenomenon in itself. I think it was bigger than it should have been, but still. Yeah. Um, planes, uh, Wreck-It Ralph, that was awesome, by the way. Yep. If you haven't seen Wreck-It Ralph, see Wreck-It Ralph. But anyways, I could go through his whole list of things he's been part of, short stories, Toy Story of Terror. Um, I mean, he's been in, I mean, pretty much any successful animated movie, he's had his hands in to some extent. Well, he was Pixar's guy, um, and then through the, the more defined merger of disney and pixar he became disney's guy as well so he started overseeing all of their animated stuff which is which is smart because the dude's go thing everything he touches turns to gold man yeah for the most part i mean don't get me wrong he goes behind a great uh go a good team and a good uh you know the fact that they don't just say okay let's just do that they give a lot of thought behind what they do why they do it so anyway cool okay so toy story all right get into it it's it's funny because the the Wikipedia plot it starts off with in a world, <laughs> in a world. but that's not how I'm gonna start it. Uh, this movie is about a bunch of toys owned by a little kid named Andy Davis, and the difference between Andy's toys and the toys of our world is that Andy's toys wake up when nobody's around and they do Pause. some crazy stuff. Pause. Our toys are real. Oh, are our they? toys wake up, dude. I have had so many toys up and walk away in my life. <laughs> was it right after you cut up your jeans with uh, scissors? No. Because that was, was just probably, them being taken away from you. Tell you what, it's probably always correspondent when you came over and visited and toys just disappeared. Ooh. Uh, um, uh, you, always probably, had, you always had cooler toys than me. You had no need to take mine. I had two oh. older brothers who didn't want them anymore. There's a difference. Yeah, very true. So anyways, toys are alive. Toys are alive. They wake up, do crazy stuff. Uh, the story basically begins when all the toys are caught off guard by Andy's birthday party. And they are all worried about what Andy's going to get, right? Right. Um, the birthday party's been moved up because Andy's single mother and his sister Molly are all going to be moving the oh. week of Andy's birthday. Well, that's assumed? That's what they say. Oh, okay. The toys do say this. Oh, gotcha. So the birthday party's been moved up, so they have to spy on the birthday party with the army men, and uh, they're trying to find out what gifts Andy's getting if they have to be worried about being 
replaced in quotes. All right. So so what I love the fact that Toy Story did one of my optimistic sides right out of the gate once you talk about this the toys themselves. Sure. You got some that are actual toys and you got some that are actually invented and Toy Story weaves the story so well together and they make it so believable. You would think that all these toys were legitimate toys of our childhood. You know what I mean? Mhm. That was really cool. Of course, we had the army guys. Of course, we had Mr. Potato Head, right? Sure. Um, play school was in on the whole thing. Mattel was in on the whole thing. Oh, um, yeah, they, you had... they gave their permissions is what I mean. And um, and then you got somebody like Woody, right? Who could have been a real um, toy? I have no idea. Well, that's why I'm that's, it, it was not. But what Pexar ended up doing behind Woody and a lot of other people, they built actually built franchises behind them to make them real toys. You know what yeah. I mean? Which is awesome. So the fact that Toy Story pulled off and actually created a market for something is awesome. It's just really cool. So yeah. Toys of the Old, Mr. Potato Head versus, you know, right. Sheriff Woody. Well, let's um, get into it. The, yeah. the toys leader is Tom Hanks, who is Woody Cowboy. But he has this sort of little motley crew of different toys, including Mr. Potato Head, Little Bo Peep, who's a lamp. Um. Anyways. Rex, Bo Peep, Bo Rex the dinosaur. Lamp? I don't know. <laughs> Ham is a piggy bank and Slinky Dog. And uh, there's also the group of army men who are led by Arlie Ermy. You, you mm. couldn't get anyone else, I don't think. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> so you've got uh, the army men. They're spying on the party via baby monitors. And the kids are bringing out some dumb stuff. I think one of the lines is, what kind of kid brings bed sheets? Bed sheets, yeah. Uh (laughs) Who invited that kid? (laughs) That's a pretty decent impression. (laughs) Uh, My Ratzenberger? All you gotta do is talk like an idiot. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, Mm -hmm. just as uh, Andy's mom brings out her super secret birthday present, the... uh, yeah, uh, the batteries fall out or they just start disconnecting via the baby yep, monitor and they don't play hear. School, the play school baby monitor. <laughs> so they don't hear what's happening, but they get the batteries back in the baby monitor just in time for the army men to say, Andy's coming up the stairs, Andy's coming up the stairs. So Return to your places. So they yeah. get back to their places, Andy sets his toy on the bed, then they go play with something else and they find out that his new secret present was an electronic space ranger toy named Buzz the Toolman Lightyear. <laughs> the thing about Buzz is, though, he doesn't understand that he's a toy. He thinks he's an actual space ranger. Hey, you know, this day and age, it's all about what you perceive, my friend. So sure. for all we know, he is. He's identifying as a real space ranger. <laughs> he identifies. <laughs> there he goes you go. to the space ranger bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> so, from there, uh, the story goes, since he's the cool new toy and he plays with him the most... The other toys are real impressed with Buzz, too. They're like, oh, he's got all these gadgets. And it makes Woody really jealous. And when Andy and his family are planning a trip to go to Pizza Planet, and Andy is told he can only bring one toy, Woody tries to knock Buzz behind the desk so Andy won't choose him, and he'll choose Woody instead. But he ends up knocking Buzz right out the window. The other toys get kind of mad at Woody for uh, murdering their their new toy friend. Um... But before they can toy lynch him, Andy comes in and takes Woody to Pizza Planet, saving the day, I guess. Toy, toy lynch. That's that it's seems a like brutal that's, business. That's what they were about to do. It's pretty right. dark in spots. 
Tell you, the whole way, movie is flipping dark. It's kind of dark, yeah. <laughs> on the way, the family stops for gas, and Woody finds out that Buzz has hitched a ride. Woody's kind of relieved by this. He's like, oh, I thought you were dead, but Buzz starts to kick his butt and uh, wants to get back at him for knocking him out the window. They fight, roll around, and then uh, they're not in the car anymore, and Andy and his family leave them at the gas station. They ha- they do, however, the toys, Buzz and Woody, end up making it to Pizza Planet via the famous Pixar Pizza Planet delivery truck that ends up being yes. in every movie. Yeah. Every when, movie or majority? I don't think I th- it's in every movie, is it? I think it's in every Pixar movie. I know they make a lot of things show up. All right. But when they get there... Um, to Pizza Planet, Buzz is still facing his delusions as being a real space ranger. He decides he wants to hitch a ride back to his home base in a rocket-shaped crane game filled with those little annoying aliens. Mm. And while he's stuck in the crane game, uh, the evil neighbor who blows up toys, Sid Phillips, uh, decides he wants a Buzz Lightyear toy to destroy. So he plays the crane game and wins Buzz. Sid plays it and wins twice in a row. I don't sure. know anybody who's ever won the crane game once, well, let alone twice in a row. He's hyper-focused in his sadism, so maybe that helps him. <laughs> yeah, there you go, kids. <laughs> Just be a sadist freak and you can win the crane game. Anyways. Sadism does pay. While at Sid's house, Buzz sees a commercial for himself and realizes that he's a toy and he gets like all depressed and he tries to prove the, the uh, commercial and reality all wrong by an apparent suicide attempt. And he jumps off the railing down the stairs, hoping that his wings will help him fly. But he doesn't. He just lands on the ground and his arm falls off. So he gets taken back to Sid's room. And while Buzz was gone, Woody is there making friends with all the freaky weird toy creations that Sid makes. He, like, cuts off a doll's head and puts it on an erector set. And he's got a spider doll, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, they make a plan to rescue Buzz and escape. Because Sid has this evil plan for Buzz. He's going to strap him to his big one. I think that's the name of the rocket, right? The big one? <laughs> the big one. It's, yeah. It sounds so much more wrong by just hearing a description. Sure. <laughs> it doesn't. Um, I'm going to strap you to my big one. Anyways. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so he's going to shoot him off in the rocket. Because he's a spaceman and the rocket does explode. He's going to kill Buzz, basically. So the toys are like, we can't let him get away with this. Alright. So uh, they rescue Buzz through a very interesting plan of uh, dodging the dog and going this way and that. And they make it outside. And then they reveal to Sid that they are all alive. And it's freaky as I'll get out. I can't imagine. <laughs> this whole movie is freaky as get out. I mean, oh, yeah. you see, ah, oh, man. If this happened in everyday society, we would literally be, like, jailing people left and right. Sure. sure. Well, but it's know. a kid show. <laughs> so they threaten Sid, and they say, you know, don't mess up with your toys because we're alive, and we see everything, and blah, blah, blah. And Sid runs away, obviously having a nervous breakdown for the rest of his life. Tell you what. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, uh, Woody grabs Buzz, they get to the other side of the fence to their house, and they see the moving truck is just pulling out of the driveway. So they run after it, they grab the strap of the truck, and they're hanging on. Uh, Woody's got the strap, Buzz has Woody's leg, but Sid's dog comes and grabs Buzz and pulls him off. Yeah. And I think Buzz hides under a car. Woody opens up the back of the truck, and the toys are like, Woody, what are you doing here? 
And Woody just grabs the RC car and throws him off the back of the truck, which horrifies the toys even more. They're like, this guy's sick. This guy's sick. <laughs> and uh, Woody jumps down, gets on RC, and he goes and saves Buzz. And when they see what Woody's doing, they're, they're kind of on board now. They're like, oh, he's not evil. Okay, let's help him. So they're driving on RC. He puts it into turbo mode, but RC runs out of batteries, and they can't get there, and they're sad. So they light they Buzz's light rocket because this is going to be a good idea. <laughs> well, of course, and everything's been a good idea up to this point. They blast off towards the truck, holding RC, and when they get to the back of the truck, they let RC go, and it smashes Potato Head into a million pieces, which is a good joke. Mm-hmm. And they go flying in the air, and uh, just as before they're about to explode, Buzz pushes his wings button, and the wings pop out, and that breaks the duct tape somehow. I don't right. think I'm sure. Breaks hey, the duct tape. Remember, talking toys. Sure. Not a far stretch to break duct tape. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, it breaks the duct tape. The rocket goes flying and explodes. And Buzz and Woody start falling in style. Because that's mm. a callback from the beginning. Yep. Into the back of the family's car in the box right next to Andy. Pretty convenient. So, uh, Woody and Buzz are friends now. And the movie ends with Christmas Day in their new house. Uh, they're doing the army men baby monitor thing again. And Buzz is looking all nervous. And Woody's joking around. He's like, come on, Buzz. There isn't a toy worse than you. Uh-huh. And, you know, they show that they're obvious friends. But then they find out the new uh, the new toy is not a toy. It's a puppy. And they both kind of share a nervous look. And the movie's over. Mm-hmm. And you got to hey. find it me, buddy. And, you know, I think what they did well, um, and I didn't see this part of it, so correct me, but I think they kind of started off. They didn't start off, but bloopers towards the end. Oh, yeah. You know, I think it was really cool that they did um, did that. You know, gave it a nice little um, relaxed feel after traumatizing kids and sure. toys and everything else. They ended on a light foot. <laughs> <laughs> spending thousands and thousands of dollars to make fake blooper reels. It's pretty funny. Tell you what. There you go. Money and time. That's all you need. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> some of the good points in this movie are, obviously, the animation was groundbreaking for the time. I remember seeing this movie and being like, whoa. Right. Yeah, when I think we were, what, 13, 14 when uh, this came out? Yep, yeah, around there. And, you know, it was, it's not only that, it's a good story. Um, it would have been cool if, you know, that's basically your imagination is that your toys are alive, right? When you're playing with toys when you're a kid. Yeah. I mean, I think people, especially our age or younger or older, I should say, really relate to it because that's what we did. You know, I think today, why there are kids out there that do the imagination and toy thing, there's not as many. It's not as prominent. I think it, I think it resonates with us a whole lot different than, you know, the generation of 10 year olds today. You know what I mean? Yeah, we um, didn't have HD, uh, super realistic graphics video games. Shoot, yeah. We had Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. So and, we, and, we had to actually use our imagination mm-hmm. even when playing video games. I mean, and to take people back, not everybody had a personal computer in their homes. And if they did, it was an 8-bit black-white, you know. Well, sure, I had a Commodore 128, man. Right. And, you know, for other people didn't even have that. I mean, think about it. I'm, I remember televisions that had the turn knobs for channels, you know, yeah. that chick, 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 
Were you going to switch so, to UHF to get to the higher channels? Exactly. So, I mean, it's one of those things where uh, this movie resonates with me a little bit more, for sure, because of the background and for you. You know, like I right. said, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same for the average kid in, you know, the average, you know, I, I don't know, what do you call today's kids? 2000ers? Yeah, <laughs> Millennials? I, um, I don't know. Anyways, so I like that about it. Of course, that's the era it was made, but it was a lot of, you know, um, it was a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not shout out, but uh, tip of the hat, I guess, towards yeah. the old type of imagination play. Sure. So it was good. It was resonant to people who actually use their imaginations to play. Right. Which, as you're saying, doesn't happen quite as much now, and I would tend to agree. Right. Well, maybe our I kids mean, are a little different because I don't let my kids on computer well, games and stuff. But right, and I I force I don't I don't say I force my kids, but we have a structure so that our kids have to go and figure out things with their imaginations. Sure. I don't care if it's drawing, reading, playing with toys, whatever. But things like television, movies, tablets, computers are off limits to them. Um, not to be mean or bad, but so they can cultivate some other gifts and abilities other right. than just a reset button. So, Yeah, you know, I didn't have video games until I was eight, nine years old. So I think that right. waiting that long, getting that kind of foundation for an, for uh, imagination right. would be better. Well, I remember playing Oregon Trail on your computer or your... Uh, oh, yeah, my before, dumb. Before, before we even had Nintendo. So well, we had that Commodore 128. Um, right. probably about, we got it probably about the same time you got you Nintendo. You had it. You also had a Atari. Remember, you had Atari. Yeah, my brother did. Yeah, but I wasn't allowed to play. Right. Well, we played it a couple times. <laughs> yeah. But on the Commodore, I remember we could play like Double Dare and Concentration and oh, Family yeah. Feud. But those weren't, you know, once again, those weren't like uh, um non-imagination using games they were like we had to use our intelligence to answer these right. questions some correctly kind of, yeah some kind of wit yeah they're problem solving so, yeah i got you so so that was good anyways so continue um animation's good story's good uh the voice acting's good of course and this is probably one of the first times in animated movies where they get huge names to do the voices i'm trying to think I guess right. The Lion King was really Disney's first foray into that when they yeah. got James Earl Jones and Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Matthew Broderick. Like big, big names. Yeah, and they got Nathan Lane. Those were, uh, and I think Lion King was 1994. Right. So, was Lion King after or before Aladdin? It was, it was Aladdin after was Aladdin. after. Lion King was after Aladdin? Correct. Because Aladdin had some decent names too, but... I'm, well, Aladdin had Robin Williams, which I guess had Robin Williams, but then he also they also had uh, um, who's the bird, the parrot? Oh, Gilbert oh, Gottfried. On. Yeah, Gilbert Gottfried, and then um, oh shoot, who was the Aladdin? He was the, he, he, was he wasn't nobody. super. He was nobody. He was DJ Tanner's boyfriend on Full House. Was he? Yeah, I forget the kid's name. Oh, I had but no yeah. idea. I know that's he's not big, but I mean they're somewhat recognizable compared to like Cinderella, anyway. <laughs> <clears throat> right? Well, I guess, uh, yeah. So here's here's something while we're in the actors and the big names. 
every single Pixar, at least movie, I don't know about short film made, you know who always makes a voice cameo? Well, John Ratzenberger. Right. Now, I don't know if he makes one in every short. Yeah, he's in there. He's in every short, like the short um, ones too. The Pixar ones? Yeah. I would imagine I think, he is. I wonder what the deal be. I mean, other than the fact that he just has the a perfect on-screen you know, voice. Um, I don't know why it's John Ratzenberger. Right. But, yeah. They I make mean, a joke about it in Cars. Right. The first hey, I like movie, that cause, guy. Because he's yeah, the he's Mack watching, truck. Yeah, and he's watching the, hey, they're getting the same old. Yeah. <laughs> right. What kind of cut-rate production is this? <laughs> so... But it's kind of cool. That was one of the things I super enjoy about Pixar. I know it's goofy, but I sure, always like it, finding every that Pixar voice. Movie, and it's fun. You know? Every Pixar movie, too, they have a something in it that shows you what the next movie is going to be. Oh, I heard that. And then they also, also have uh, the number, what is it, A112? A113, I think. A113. And that is the room number of anybody who's anybody goes through animation. I don't remember exactly what that reference means. I think it's a it's a room number to anybody that goes through an animation process or education or something like that. I forget whether it's a studio they learn a certain thing in or they go through the production process, uh, if that's the name of the studio that does part of the animation process of every Pixar movie. But yeah, you can find the A113 or whatever it is. But it, I think it's the, uh, yeah, yeah, I just looked it up. A113 refers to a classroom number at the California Institute of Arts. It was the classroom for first-year graphic design and character animation where many of the animators at Pixar and Disney and several other studios discovered and mastered their craft. So, Yeah, it's pretty cool. But I believe the, the movie that follows Toy Story for Pixar was A Bug's Life. Okay. And there's some Bug's Life stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, there's... Uh... There's some really cool videos out there about um, um, really cool videos out there about all the cool things that intertwine all the Pixar movies, all the cool little hidden features. The uh, um, the octopus from Finding Dory is in multiple videos, and um, uh, just there's a lot of cool, and I think it's neat. I mean, we don't, I don't always catch it, but um, I think it's neat that they do that. They had a little bit of fun. It's kind of like the whole, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, come on. Uh, uh, I forget it. Never mind. Go ahead. Okay. Do, 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 do. Okay. Okay, what? Um. There's no reference in Toy Story to the next movie, but... Toy Story 2 has the reference to A Bug's Life. All right. When Buzz is walking through some brush, you see Heimlich the bug. He's on a branch that Buzz bug yeah, Buzz pushes away. So. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Cool. I had to nope, take that's a little, all right. A trip I think down, it's uh, uh, the internet lane to figure that one out. Right. You know, I like I said, it's cool. I like what Pixar is built. You know, I sure. like what the I like what they are about. Um there has been some Pixar films that I don't personally like, um but that are still good films. They're called but I like Cars Pixar. and Cars Two. 
the cars was fine cars was great <laughs> cars 2 was rough planes was rough planes Those aren't pixar planes was pixar nope they're not or was they disney they're disney, disney. yeah my bad um oh, planes uh one that's really hard for me pixar is um uh what is it that's that's why it's hard for me um the inside out Oh man, that movie's great. What are you talking about? Oh, oh, oh man, that was that was well, that was hard for me to sit through. Really? That was that was agonizing. Yeah. Why? But I guess why? I just didn't. I I don't know. I think they're reaching for that one. I think that one. I I know every Pixar has something in there as far as a message, uh, hidden meaning, stuff like that. Um, Inside Out was just too overwhelming. Like Up, Up is perfect. You know, Up was a great movie. Um, they kind of put their meaning in there. They had the sentiment. They had the fun. They had the, you know the life um, journey and figuring out who's oneself is. But uh, Inside Out was just a little much for me on that. Wow, just a little too much. That's yeah. shocking. Why is that shocking? Because that movie is really, really good. Uh, eh, I would rate it in the lowest of the Pixar movies. Wow, amongst the lowest. Don't get me wrong. It's great. It's it, it's a good movie. It's done well. I personally did not like it. I know. That's just, I just find that weird. Uh, well, I'm a weird guy, so that's what I bring to the table. <laughs> I still think, even though Up's really good, Wally's really good. I think that Pixar's strongest movie still to this date, and maybe the best superhero movie still ever made, is The Incredibles. Tell you what, I think the incredible. Yeah, Incredibles were amazing. It's probably one of my favorites by pixar definitely um back in the day toy story was it man toy story was one of my favorite movies period because mind you we saw this when we were 13 14 years old sure i love cartoons i love animation it's really cool i wish i could do animation i can't but um so toy story was real like um for somebody who grew up watching animated i don't know disney films um yeah yeah uh uh, I'm not talking about um, I'm not talking about Aladdin or Lion King. I'm talking about the old school like uh, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy animated oh, yeah. movies. Um, I love those things, you know. Uh, but uh, so when that came along, I really resonated with it. I loved it. Yeah, I would always tell people, "Well, what are your favorite movies between Braveheart and Toy Story?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I loved Toy Story when it came out. Um, and I liked it for a long time after the fact. Um, I still like it today, but as far as the best Pixar movies, Incredibles is definitely up there. And they keep teasing at doing a second one. Um, yeah, yeah. I wish they'd just hurry up and do it, but at the same time, I almost don't want them to ruin it. I think that's the worry. It's got to be. I mean, how often? I mean, really, you could probably think of a handful of films that really excel their predecessor. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and... The question is, some don't even do it. I would say Terminator 2 did it to an extent. Well, I think uh, that Toy Stories got better as they went along. Right. So the, the Pixar's got some clout in that area and making a better sequel than the original. I think you know Toy Story I, 3 is an amazing movie. I, what I love about Toy Story 3, and I wish they would find a way to actually animate a movie the way the opening scene in Toy Story 3 where they're actually on the train and they do the whole sling, oh, yeah, yeah. horse field dog thing. And the way they animate the actual um, imagination right. of playing was phenomenal. It was so cool. 
because I think like for me as a kid, I would picture something like that in my head while I realized like kids use their imagination. Like I would picture like if I was running, you know, like a little force, um, like a, like a wave ripple would go through the concrete as I step, you know what I mean? Sure. It would displace the ground and, or, um, jumping from the swing. Like, you know, you leave, I don't know, a streak of light energy in the air as you jump off and you go land on the ground anyways. So, I mean, I could picture certain things in my mind. I'm like, man, I wish they had put the imagination to film. Sure. And so they did Well, isn't that, that what the Lego movie's all about? Um, yeah, the Lego movie's cool. Uh, I think the animation they decided to do with that, I mean, not they decided, because they're limited to Legos. Right, um, but the whole movie was the imagination of a ex- kid. Exactly. And I love that. And I love the Lego movie. It was great. But the fact that they did the intro to Toy Story 3 that way. Right. And like, uh, you know, um, what is it? Yodelay, hee-hoo. And it's like <laughs> that voice boom. It was just, it was so cool because you got to see what it would look like, like your imagination actually put on screen. Now, the actual toy story is not the same. It is an imagination if your toys were real. But what they did at the beginning of Toy Story 3 was an imagination of the effects of everything that your imagination would see. Sure. So... It was awesome. I loved it. I wish they'd actually come out with a movie and do it like that. Um, oh, you mean like a, maybe one of their shorts do it as uh, Bonnie's imagination? Since he's not, they're not Andy's toys anymore. They're Bonnie's. Exactly. Bonnie's or actually make it like an action movie. You know what I mean? Because that was an action sequence based on an imagination. So, but yeah, like that. I think that'd be. Yeah, that'd be fun. Cool. I think that'd be neat. But yeah, so that's just me. So. Oh, so, anyways, yeah. all, right, all right. What? Okay. So, those are some things we love. We love like. Um, what about Toy Story? Particularly, if you're not ready for this, that's fine. Did you dislike? Um, there are some hard parts in it, like uh, just logic leaps for having toys that are alive. You know, mm-hmm, obviously, right? that's with all those toys and with all those things. There would have to be. It's got to be more than just will to fall back asleep when the people come in the room. It's got to be like a uh, rule of the universe that they don't have a choice but to fall asleep. And then they can't be awake when the uh, kid's in the room or when the parents are in the room. You know what I mean? Right. Uh-huh. Or else they would have been caught by now. Right. But um, if that's the rules of the universe, how could they scare Sid? Right. I think you make a great point, and you know I think that's one of the things. It's like, all right, all the and you do you say why well, we realize as always it's a movie, um, very liberal interpretation of what that means. Sure. And then you're like, oh, well, you'll believe in a Toy Story movie, but your mind's limited by their will to wake and sleep. <laughs> yeah, I realize <laughs> it's goofy, but your edge, uh, not your edge, your take would actually, I think, solidify what Pixar or what Toy Story really is. So. Like if they, got, yeah. if at the end if they were gonna scare Sid, if it took some sort of trickery to actually be awake in front of him, that would have solidified the universe even more. Right. You know I what think I mean? that's good. Yeah. But that's just there's too many that. moving pieces for them not to have been caught by now. Right. Yeah. If you want what you're going along with, you ever watch the honest trailer for Toy Story? No. Go watch the honest trailer for Toy Story and he actually touches on some of the things you say. It's really good. So, shout out to Honest Trailer. Go watch it. Toy Story. Um, it's actually 
he puts a lot of things on there that you think about some of the um, some of the the problems of this film. And I won't say some of my problems because they're actually in that trailer. So I don't want to act like my I'm stealing material, which I'm not. It just happens to line up really, really well. So um, go watch the Honest trailer, and people can see a lot of my PO'd um, ideas at that move at this movie. But they're small; they're insignificant to how much I truly enjoy Toy Story. Gotcha. Well, this uh, um, sorry, this screenplay had a lot of hands in it. Okay. Um, not as bad as like Toy Story Two, from what I understand, was they had to scrap that thing completely and restart from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually postponed it for a year or something. Yeah, a couple of years. It didn't come out until oh gosh, I want to say like oh one, right? Well, no. When they started it, they had a thing. They scrapped everything. They postponed everything going into it. Right. So, but like Joss Whedon, Andrew Stanton, Joel Cohen all worked on this script. I mean, those are some big names. Right. But, uh, and it still has these kind of little problems, which, which are what they are. I'm not, I'm not going to pick apart a kid's movie too much, but that's, uh, the other, I can't really think of any, uh, other real pessimistic things about it. Yeah. You know, like, like you said, it's really hard to be pessimistic about a kid's, you know, a kid's movie. While there are, while there are some universal, like you said, you, 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 the universal flaws of the actual, you know, workings of the toys or um, the dark scenes where they, you know, drive a kid mad or uh, sure. bu- Buzz is this committing almost, suicide off the. <laughs> well, well, not Buzz. I'm sorry. Woody is this like egomaniac, like sure. self-centered. I mean, it's just like, wow, that's actually that's actually kind of dark, you know. Um, and then not to mention how fast friends turn on them and stuff like that. You're like, geez, man, there's like, <laughs> there is no structure to these things at all. But you, then you realize it's toys. So you let it go a little bit. And I sure. think the, the makers knew that. Yeah, it's a, uh, it, you can forgive a lot when it's well done and it's well acted, right? Yes. So, uh, overall, I like this movie. What about you? Overall, yeah, I think it's a great movie. Um, it's one of those movies you get excited about showing your kids one day. Sure, you know, yeah, um, yeah. like man, when it comes to like kid movies, I can't wait to show Toy Story. You know, I could leave or take. You know, um, for example, uh, The Little Mermaid. Right? Yeah. I'm just. I realize I don't need to good. see a selfish girl swim around the ocean. Well, I'm just saying. Like there, I'm like, eh, well, whatever. And then, uh, uh, but Toy Story is like, man, I can't wait to show them this one. They're gonna love it, and you know. Uh, so that was kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, Toy Story has like a kind of a special place in my heart because, you know, I was kind of a kid when it came out. I enjoyed it. Uh, when 1999, when Toy Story 2 came out, I took my nephew to it, who was three or four at the time. Yeah. And that was fun. He uh, pulled some lady's wig off who was sitting in front of us, which was hilarious. Huh. But uh, and then when in 2010 when Toy Story three came out, I got to take my own kids to it. So you know, it's been yeah. a part of uh, I guess growing into adulthood for me. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Right. No. And I... and they're all really well done. They're all really quite good. I enjoyed all of them. Uh, this movie I enjoy quite a bit. It has a nostalgic feel to it. it. Takes me back to I remember when it came out. I enjoyed it then. 
I enjoyed the dumb video game on Super Nintendo that came along with it, <laughs> you know. But uh, overall, I really enjoyed this movie. I would probably give it uh, probably an 8 out of 10. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Not, oh, wow, because I'm not too far behind you. I'd <laughs> give it a 7.5 out of 10. Um, so, uh, gotcha. Yep. I'd give seven and a half out of ten. Good, fil- good, f- good film. Good flick. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. I mean, <laughs> if people haven't seen it, oh well, yeah, I mean, watch you, it. You need to go. Yeah, you need to go watch it for sure. And uh, you know, as far as like uh, the animation goes, I think it holds up pretty well because it's a simple world. They didn't make too many improvements in Toy Story 2 and Toy Story 3. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that helps trick your brain into thinking, you know, that it's still quite good. Yeah. I don't know exactly if I'm saying that right, but. No, no, I think. Uh, oh, I think you're you're barking up the right tree. Huh, rough, rough. So. <laughs> <laughs> So that's uh, that's pretty much it for this week. We both enjoy the movie. We both recommend you go see it. We both think it's a great start for Pixar and for what they've done since then. Even though we kind of disagree on Inside Out, whatever. <laughs> well, maybe one of these days we'll actually do the review to Inside Out. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Ooh, that'll be a good one. We'll have some fights. I love I love fighting. You're stupid. I know. Okay. Not much of a fight. Ah, see? Can't argue with somebody who agrees with you. <laughs> Inside Out is great. Inside Out was not great. Oh, you didn't agree. Now we All can right. argue. <laughs> oh, so which brings us to our next part of the segment. What are we going to do for next week? Yes, sir. What indeed. Well, I haven't had any thoughts about it at all this week. I'm going to make you choose. Man, so my pick, huh? Yep. I'm gonna revert back to a classic Adam film. A classic Adam film. Yeah, and a classic Adam film usually has one of three things, right? Action, martial arts. Pretty close, or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Or okay, let's do Arnold. I'm, I'm waiting for it. You want to do got... uh, Hercules in New York? No, that's a little too old. Um, that is that is. Uh, that's unfair to Arnold. I think uh, he's not yet established to who he is. Not that he's a great actor, but that does not capture who he is as a um, as, as an actor. It's just not. He was casted purely for. Well, he's always casted purely for his physique, but <laughs> sure, um, sure. that one was even more so. Spoke a lick of English. Um, let's do this. His let's, best movie. N- uh no no because we did that we did his best movie um when we did the movie layman gotcha um i want to do uh escape plan is that the one with stallone yes it is okay we'll have a lot to talk about there i know we will but one i want to do it because it's kind of him coming out of of retirement it's him partnering up with another 80s icon um or 90s icon, both 80s and 90s. Something we wish we could have seen while they were both in their prime. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, but yeah, um, are you game, or would you rather do a different Arnold one? No, we'll Escape Plan's great. 
Okay. Perfect. You know the <laughs> that movie, The Last Stand, I think it's called, where he's the. It was another one that came out right at the same time as Escape Plan. Where right. He's the sheriff. That was before. Yeah, that was probably his really first kickoff one. And but. it's a. It's really dumb. But there's a moment in the movie that's so great where he gets knocked off the top of the building and he lands on the ground. Yeah. And he just lays on the ground for like ten minutes. Oh uh, yeah. Where if it was that's... if it was eighties Arnold, he would have landed on his feet or you know something, and he would have been fine and like instantly. He would have but... he would have killed five guys on his way down. Yeah. But because he's the old guy, right? He's like, oh my gosh, this sucks. I'm, he's just I'm laying on the old, ground. Getting too old for this. He gets thrown through the window at the diner. He's like, I'm getting too old for this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think Escape Plan would be kind of good. Sure. And it's one of the very few times he actually speaks Austrian. Okay. Um, there's other movies he does it in, but it, those other movies, uh, Red Heat. Um, remember Red Heat? Oh, yeah. With John he's Belushi. A Russian. Yeah, um, uh, but anyways, man, do you know I that love- Arnold has said? I don't know if this is uh, germane to the conversation, Jackson. Um, but uh, Jermaine Jackson, <laughs> Tito, Tito Ortiz, Brian, what, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, he he says that he can actually speak in a perfect American accent, but he just yes. doesn't because that's what he's known for. He's known for his Austrian accent. Yes, he, that he can do. Um, you can find a couple clips where he does regular, like uh, it's John Wayneish kind of style. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, you got to find it. He can, but he, yeah, he decided it was one of the things that separated him from everybody else. Sure, and, he taking stuff that a lot of people might think is a detriment and making it a positive. Well, and that's what he does throughout his whole career. You know, um, back when he started bodybuilding, it was frowned upon. Really, it, it was this like. Uh, eccentric weird cultic uh sport sure um and people were more there were more people that were disturbed by it than actually infatuated with it so but he capitalized on that man he really came up through and then you know of course his language and film people said he couldn't make it because of that and i'm a huge arnold fan you know so yeah. we'll get a lot of talking, but we'll do escape plan we'll hit both stallone and uh arnold i Perfect. was thinking about doing expendables but uh, there's a, or would you rather do the Expendables? No, I think the Escape Plan is probably better than any of the Expendables movies. Perfect. All right, we'll do Escape Plan, and then uh, I think it's only fitting that uh, um, that Arnold should introduce next week at the end of this clip. So get a hold of Mazer and have him do it. Okay. <laughs> or you do it. Uh, yeah, we'll you see. Could you could do it. You could do it. You got friends. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. Anyway. And uh, so that's it for this week. Next week, The Escape Plan. This week was Toy Story. Uh, Yeah, so I'm Joe. And I'm Adam. And we'll see you next week on the P.O. Podcast. Later, buddy. Later, buddy. Yay, Michael Bay! Yay! If you just think about Sly, I mean, look at the Rocky movies. The people have seen that. They have seen him running through the park and jumping over those benches. I mean, I never jumped over a bench. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.